are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars and BYU sports. Thanks again for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. A lot to break down on this weekend edition of the show. We'll talk about some of the awards being handed out in men's and women's sports on the BYU campus. Players being drafted, postseason honors. A lot to run down on that front. Need to talk some BYU football. It's day number 83. Anoke is on the roster. We'll talk about him, profile him as part of our Holy War player countdown. We'll also catch up with San Diego State, one of their experts talking about the Aztecs, one of BYU's opponents this year. They're actually regular season finale opponent. We're going to kind of go in reverse order in the lead up to the season with each of BYU's opponents, get the lowdown of how these teams look. So we'll catch up with San Diego State on today's edition of the podcast as well. So a lot to get to. A reminder for you guys, today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Twillery.com, also Hotels.com. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners here in a moment. And a reminder for you guys to check us out on the Himalaya podcast app. Himalaya is a Himalaya is a proud partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a free app, super easy to use as every single podcast you love or are searching for. Uh, some of the great features include you can follow along, you can follow your favorite shows and creators, you can have themed collections of shows to help you find new podcasts if you're interested in a certain genre, they can help you find that. You also can like and comment on individual episodes. It's a fantastic feature, so check us out, the Locked on Cougars podcast on the Himalaya podcast app. You can find and download it on the App Store or the Google Play Store, and don't forget to follow us, Locked on Cougars, once you're there. All right, let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for June 7th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining me on a Friday edition of the show right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where of course the motto is your team every day. Weather here in Utah, great today after a very stormy uh, evening slash overnight with a lot of thunderstorms rolling through, but it appears to be a great day today. Weather should be fantastic this weekend. I think summer has officially arrived, even though it necessarily hasn't shown up on the calendar per se. I know June 21st is the summer solstice, am I right? Summer solstice, yes. Uh, And thanks again for joining us. It's a blast to bring this podcast to you guys each and every day. It's a ton of fun. People ask me, like, how much fun are you having with this podcast? Podcast, and I'm having an absolute blast doing it. So I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the show. Uh, we're talking BYU sports today. Let's start off uh, with a rundown of what's going on in BYU sports outside of football and basketball because a lot of things are going on. Uh, announced yesterday that BYU won the 2018-19 West Coast Conference Commissioner's Cup. It's awarded to the WCC institution enjoying the most success during conference play. It's the unprecedented seventh consecutive Commissioner's Cup for BYU in their eighth year of conference membership. Uh, they won in impressive fashion with 106.5 total points, good for an 18.5 lead over Gonzaga. Uh, it's not surprising. BYU is the most well-rounded athletic department in the West Coast Conference. In my mind, the athletic department for BYU is is bigger than the WCC, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that BYU uh, plays at a different level than a lot of the other athletic departments. I know basketball is is one facet of the WCC, and there's other facets of it that fit BYU quite well, not to mention, well, not the least of which is the fact that they're faith-based universities that BYU is aligned with in this conference. But in terms of just the overall funding, the structure, everything that BYU does, they perform at a higher level than most West Coast Conference teams, so it's not surprising to see them win this 
Award. But congratulations to Tom Holmo and the rest of the BYU Athletic Department. It is a great honor to have that cup remaining in Provo for a seventh consecutive year. Um, Other awards handed out in Portland, Oregon yesterday at at this award ceremony. Roni Jones-Perry, the National Player of the Year in Women's Volleyball, received the 2019 West Coast Conference Micah Gillerin Scholar-Athlete of the Year Award at the 10th Annual WCC Honors Dinner last night. So congratulations to her. She took home the Women's Award, while Gonzaga Men's Basketball student-athlete Josh Perkins won the Men's Award. So that's awesome to see. Uh, Roni Jones-Perry, she's playing uh, professionally in Italy now, but congratulations to her. And then one final award handed out to BYU last night. Uh, They were awarded the Hashtag WCC Represent Award. Uh, It's presented to the Student Athlete Advisory Committee of Brigham Young University and the University of the Pacific. I recognize efforts on campus to best support the WCC Represent Initiative to an end to an oh, sorry WCC Represent Initiative to enhance the student athlete experience. So, BYU's athletic department getting some well-deserved honors there. Congratulations to them. Uh, it's not surprising. Like I said, BYU just performs at a higher level. It's plain and simple. And the WCC is a good fit for now. There's hope that BYU can jump to the Power Five here in the middle of the next decade and play more maybe on an even playing field or be playing at a playing field that's more in line with kind of their aspirations as an athletic department at some point. Or maybe the WCC does catch up. Who knows? But congratulations to the entire BYU Athletic Department on earning those awards. All right, other news we need to run down today and baseball news. Of course, we talked about on I was at Wednesday's podcast, we talked about uh, Jackson Clough foregoing the remainder of his eligibility after being picked in the sixth round of the MLB Amateur Draft by the Washington Nationals. Uh, three other BYU signees were selected in the draft. And... We'll see if they decide to go with it. Cutter Clawson was picked 33rd by the Washington Nationals as well. Tyson Heaton was picked in the 40th round by the Los Angeles Angels. And Cy Nielsen was also picked in the 40th round by the Cleveland Indians. All three of these prospects are pitchers. Uh, Cy Nielsen is a local prospect from Spanish Fork High School. Guys who are picked in these latter rounds, your signing bonus is not that great. Uh, You're on the bottom of the totem pole, literally, when it comes to joining a minor league system. So I expect that the three uh, prospects that BYU had drafted will pass on uh, joining their major league teams this go-around, which will mean they're locked up for three years because the rule is in in baseball, which I think the basketball should adopt something similar. You go pro straight out of high school, or you're locked into your college or in terms of BYU guys that go on missions like Jackson Clough, they become eligible after three years. I like that. I think it protects the sport at the collegiate level and also helps the pros. You kind of make your declaration, you go one way or the other. We'll see if the uh, Cutter Kloss and Tyson Heaton and Cy Nielsen, if any of them decide to opt against going to college, but I expect having them being picked in the 33rd and then the 40th rounds respectively. I would expect that they decide to come back. We all know that Jackson Clough is going to go pro. Wish him nothing but the best. It was disappointing to see guys like Jordan Wood and Brock Hale go undrafted when you have 40 rounds of of draft picks going on. Here's hoping they sign on with some teams in Major League Baseball and can climb up the ranks because I think both of them are good enough to play at the pro level. It will also depend on if they are interested in pursuing pro baseball. Who knows? Each guy has to kind of decide his own thing. But on the other diamond to BYU, softball catcher Libby Sugg was selected as the ninth overall pick in the American 
American Softball Association draft by the E1 Pro Ballers of Mobile, Alabama. So congratulations to Libby Sugg. Uh, she finished her career with a 354 batting average, scored 111 runs, had 47 doubles, 49 home runs, and 211 RBIs amongst her 224 hits. She was a third-team All-American in 2018 and a four-year starter for the Cougars. Congratulations to her. She's a native of Franklin, Tennessee, so she'll be going closer to home playing in Mobile, Alabama, and it's awesome to see another pro softball player coming out of BYU. I know their season didn't end the way they wanted it to, but congratulations nonetheless uh, to uh, Libby Sugg on that honor. All right, uh, we will take a timeout here. Need to shift gears, talk some BYU football. We'll catch up with the BYU men's and women's track and field teams in the final segment of today's podcast. Run down how everything went on Thursday night after national champion was crowned by got, well, national champion was crowned in Clayton Young on Wednesday night. How did the rest of BYU, BYU's athletes, kind of in these preliminary stages, do at nationals on Thursday night? We'll run that down in the final segment. Coming up next, we're talking San Diego State, twelve and twelve. I guess we'll use it. We'll use it from one of the shows I work with here at the Zone Sports Network. The big show, they do the 12-12 and 12 in reverse. I'm just calling it the 12-12. and 12. BYU faces 12 opponents. We have 12 weeks to go until the season is here. We're going to talk about San Diego State next. We'll also profile number 83 on our player countdown towards the Holy War. Uh, junior wide receiver Anoke Lotulele. Can he break out finally in a BYU uniform? We'll talk about all that next right here on Locked on Cougars. Before we go, a reminder for you guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Twitter Twillery.com, proud new sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars. They make stocking your closet with shirts as simple as restocking the soda in your fridge. It's easy, affordable, and the perfect fit guaranteed. Uh, Twillery is built on a century-old family manufacturing business. They still make millions of shirts a year for leading brands, but they actually leverage those contacts and our team's technical know-how to keep costs down while maintaining our high standards in quality and craftsmanship. Shirts are a commodity. They make stocking your closet as simple as, like I said, restocking the soda in your fridge and guess what you can get shirts for as cheap as $55 when you bundle them Uh, they want to make sure you're taken care of if you guys work in the professional sphere you have to be dressed up uh, more formal business casual whatever it is they have the shirts for you they have free shipping and returns they have free brush nickel collar stays included with each shirt and right now limited time Father's Day special you can get a free set of bottle opener collar stays which is available until June 16th I want you guys to check it out go to twillery.com slash Locked on. Use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for $25 off your first order. Like I said, free shipping and returns, shirts as low as $55 each when you bundle them, and it's risk free. And as they say, after all, feeling is believing. So check it out, guys. I've enjoyed the shirts that Twillery has sent to me. Check them out, twillery.com slash locked on, and get your shirt needs handled by twillery.com. More in a moment. You are locked on Cougars. Welcome back. This is Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A reminder for you guys, when you do get in your vehicle, when you're driving around, plug in your smart device and tell it play podcast Locked on Cougars. It makes listening to this daily podcast and being up to date with BYU each and every day as easy as it can be. You don't have to use your fingers. You don't have to use your hands. All you got to do is use your voice. Tell your smart device, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and make sure to check us out on the Himalaya podcast app. All right, talking San Diego State now. John Schaefer is the sideline reporter for 
the San Diego State Aztecs on the radio broadcast. He's a radio host in the San Diego market for Extra 1360. Uh, he joined the big show. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. The big show is our afternoon drive time show. He joined the big show earlier this week to talk about San Diego State and how the Aztecs are looking heading into the 2019 season and also gave some thoughts on renewing their series with BYU and if there's any hard feelings uh, between the two former Mountain West and WAC rivals. So here you go. John Schaefer on with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson on the Zone Sports Network earlier this week. We were talking about how they haven't played BYU and San Diego State in the regular season since BYU left uh, the conference. Was there some uh, ill feelings about the Cougs? Is that's why is that why it's taken a little bit to get this series going? Not that I'm aware of, to be honest. I, I think actually both programs would prefer that it is played. I mean, they're playing with men's basketball right now. They played at the A-House last year in men's basketball, BYU. Uh, in a good game that San Diego State won the play again in November in basketball um, at BYU and now the home-and-home with, with football. So I, no, I don't think there's really much of a reason other than the fact that if you're in a conference like San Diego State is, from a football schedule perspective, obviously there's a le- much less of an opportunity to schedule outside of the conference. I mean, BYU has the disadvantages and disadvantages of playing through that independent schedule, which gives them a little bit of flexibility, also handcuffs them at times, but you know, I think that when the schools realized that there was an opportunity to play each other, um, it probably made sense for both of them. So catch our listeners up on what's gone on with the Aztecs uh, over the past few years. I mean, what is the state of the program? You mentioned Rocky Long. What's happened? Well, I think the state of the program is strong. I mean, Rocky Long has done an incredible job. I mean, if you look at the trajectory of San Diego State football, you know, the most success they've ever enjoyed in Division One is under Rocky Long. You know, they've been in bowl games each of the last nine years. They're coming off a year in which they started red hot um, and did not finish well. They lost their last five games, finished seven and six. But the three years prior to that, they won at least ten games all three of those years. So from the group of five perspective, I think San Diego State, uh, if you look at the resume from the last four years, even with last year's seven and six season, it holds water with basically everyone in the country, maybe outside of the UCF. But you know, even the last two years, they they beat Arizona State twice, they beat Stanford once, and lost to Stanford once in Palo Alto. So they're three and one against Stanford and Arizona State the last two years. A couple of those games were uh, when those teams were ranked. Stanford was top twenty, Arizona State was top twenty-five. They beat a Boise State team last year that was top twenty-five on the blue turf. So Rocky Long, I mean, three-three-five defense. You know, hard-nosed, blue-collar, not necessarily what you'd expect in Southern California, but, you know, it's always been a top-20 defense. Offensively, they've run it down people's mouths. Um, Recently, although they will spread it out a little bit more this year, we're being told they're going to use a spread offense. Not a typical spread offense. They're still going to run it a lot, but they'll look a little bit differently on offense. But, you know, they're predicated on defense. They love to have, you know, a top-20 type defense and then, you know, win the time of possession and win the football game. John, give us a, a couple of names to keep a, an eye out for returning to San Diego State this year. Who are they going to be hanging their hats on? Well, I'm excited to see a couple of guys. Ryan Agnew is going to be a returning starter in all likelihood. Uh, Christian Chapman was the starter to begin last year, and he's the winningest quarterback in San Diego State history. But he got hurt very early in the season in the FCS game um, and returned, although returned and was really split in playing time with Ryan Agnew, who – did a nice job in his absence. In fact, it was Ryan Agnew's first career start, I believe, when they beat Boise State 
on the road in Boise. So that tells you a little bit about his potential and capability. He's a little more mobile than what they had in Christian Chapman. Um, I think he can throw the ball downfield well enough. Um, he's just a good leader. And then defensively, they've got a linebacker, Kiava Casino, that is you know one of the better linebackers in America. And when you look at all the you know, the pro football fo- focus analytics, and you just look at his, his tackles made last year. Just to, if you just look at the stat sheet, it, it'll pop. Uh, but he's more than the stat sheet. He's a guy that he's just always around the football. He's capable of having 15, 16, 17 tackles in a game. So I think Tizino defensively, the linebacker, Ryan Lago, the quarterback. Uh, they've got a good amount of their pieces back. Juwan Washington, their tailback, ran for 1,000 yards last year. Before that, you had Rashad Penny. Before that, you had DJ Pumphrey two of the best in the nation in terms of yardage over the last couple of years. So they've, they've usually been able to run the football. They've usually been very good on defense. And I think they're hoping for, for both of those scenarios in 2019 as well. You know, it seems to me like my memory of San Diego State is that that team always had good athletes. You know, it, was, it seemed like it was a matter of organizing it. And I would think that Rocky Long would be pretty good at that. Yeah, I think he, he's the perfect guy for the job. I mean, Rocky Long will have this job as long as he wants it. Um, I think at this point he's made it fairly clear that he will retire at San Diego State. He's just been remarkably consistent. You're right. I, I mean, I think there's a certain caliber of athlete that you're able to recruit in Southern California. And, you know, it, it's not that you're going to get, you know, it's hard to go up against programs like USC or UCLA for talent. But I think there's enough of an athlete, and they know what they're looking for, they're basically looking for a player for their system, right? Like, and that's where they've really benefited. And defensively, playing a three-three-five, uh, I think has benefited them as well. I think offensively, playing, you know, um, a more traditional run-first offense uh, has benefited them as well. I think they've almost bucked the trend by not being a spread offense for so long and by running down people's throats. That's almost a rarity in today's college football. And I think last year that got. They got sniffed out to some extent. They weren't having the same success last year running the football that they did in years prior. So now they will spread it out. And I think by spreading it out, it's not going to be a typical spread offense. I just think you, you, it means they're going to have another wide receiver in formations, which will take a defender to the box, open up some opportunities to run the football between the tackles. So, you know, I think there'll be a little bit more creativity on offense, but they're looking for guys that fit their system. And Rocky Long has done that incredibly well uh, in the tenure of San Diego State. There you go. That's John Schaefer from Sports Extra 1360 in San Diego and also the radio broadcast for the San Diego State Aztecs, which he serves as a sideline reporter for. And some interesting thoughts there. He doesn't think there's any animosity between San Diego State. He thinks this is one of the teams that was looking to get BYU back on the schedule, and it just kind of worked out that happens they're going to be playing this home-and-home this year. There'll be the regular season finale for BYU this year, uh, November 30th, if I'm not mistaken, in San Diego, playing there at SDCCU. Uh, stadium, formerly Jack Murphy or Qualcomm Stadium. And it'll be an interesting battle at this point of the season when these two teams meet, meet up because you're at the end of a year. You don't know how injuries are going to factor into this. San Diego State had an interesting year. You heard him say they started out very good, but then they lost their final five games. They've been to a bowl game five straight years. Speaking of Rocky Long's team, Will they be the team that we saw the previous three or four years before last year where they had just an outstanding running attack, devastating running attack, and they just dominated teams? We'll see. BYU, I think, matches up well with San Diego State. They do well against teams that like to do the power run. Uh, think of Wisconsin a year ago, etc. 
I would expect that BYU should hold up just fine against the San Diego State Aztecs as the season draws closer. And we'll see. Like I said, we're going to have 11 games of film before these two former rivals square off on the field. And it'll be interesting to see who does prevail in this matchup. But I do like renewing rivalries with the with the Mountain West Conference. I, I, I like it. I don't want BYU to go back to the Mountain West per se because of the money situation, etc., but having regional rivals like this where you can get them on the schedule, you can go to Southern California late in November, enjoy some decent weather down there. It's a smart move, plain and simple. I'd rather have San Diego State, uh, Wyoming, Air Force. I know Air Force hasn't signed up. New Mexico, those type of teams on the roster, uh, on the schedule, not roster, versus East Tennessee State, uh, not, not Middle Tennessee State, etc. Play regionally. BYU fans can make the trips easier. You're not going all over the place. And I get that you need to travel some because there's BYU fans nationwide. But I'd rather have regional rivals that have a little more history to them, like a San Diego State, than some of these other games that BYU has played as an independent. But such is life as an independent. You take the schedule as you can get it for the Cougars, and BYU will play San Diego State in the regular season finale in November this year. So there you go. We'll be doing, uh, we'll be looking at UMass next week. So stay tuned for that next week. We'll get an interview hopefully from somebody out there in Amherst and get their thoughts on what Walt Bell, the new head coach out there, is trying to do with the Minutemen. All right, we need to get to our player profile, number 83, day 83 until the Holy War, BYU and Utah kicking things off. Today's player on the roster is Anoke Lotulele, a five foot nine, 190 pound wide receiver from Midvale, Utah, Played for Cottonwood High School and also served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ in Ciudad Juarez in Mexico. And I'm interested to see what Donoke can do. He's been a he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school, but he hasn't done anything really in his BYU career, which is unfortunate because you'd like to see what he could do uh, if he's able to give give him that opportunity. He had 74 receptions for almost 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns as a junior. And then in his senior season, he had 73 receptions for just over 1,100 yards and five touchdowns. So he was productive at the high school level, but he hasn't done much to this point in his BYU career. Uh, At this point, I see on his roster, in 2017, he played in one game, 2018, two games. Can he break out and get a little more action? He doesn't have any stats to his credit he has said on social media that he's going to be a difference maker this year in his mind we'll see what happens I'm hopeful that he can break out uh, BYU saw something in him at the high school level he's been a good soldier he's been hasn't really complained that I am aware of playing on the field and I'm hopeful that he gets an opportunity the problem is the position he'll play kind of that slot receiver position you've got a guy like Aleva Hefo sitting there Dax Milnes in the mix there Got some great players ahead of him. So he'll have to prove himself in fall camp. And that's number 83, Anoke Lotulele. I also need to note one thing. We talked about Jacob Doman the other day. I mentioned he had a knee injury. Uh, A good friend of ours, Nate Slack, who listens to the podcast, reached out to me and said that Doman did tear the ACL in his knee. So he will be out for the season, it appears, barring a miraculous recovery. Getting that injury towards the fi- final end, not the final end, the the rear end of spring ball, that is an unfortunate thing. So an ACL will t- knock Jacob Doman out, it looks like, for the season. Hopefully he's back next spring healthy and able to contribute for BYU football. So there you go. 83 days until the Holy War, 12 weeks until we kick off the season. We'll be counting the stuff down for you each and every day until we get there. It is coming fast and furious and just ticking off days as they come. So thanks again for joining us here on Locked on Cougars. A reminder for you, 
you guys. Today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Hotels.com. You don't have to hate like your friends trip on social media. All you've got to do is book your own with ho- book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. We're talking BYU track and field next at national at the national championships. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast. out this Friday edition of the podcast reminder for you guys to please download the show subscribe rate and review I know the word subscribe makes you think you have to pay anything but podcast this podcast in particular is completely free so thank you guys for your continued patronage of the show it's a blast to bring this to you guys all right let's talk some BYU men's and women's track and field uh, four women's athletes from the women's track and field team advanced to their respective finals of the 2019 NCAA outdoor track and field championships last night in Austin Texas at Stone was quoted in the release from BYU saying it was a great continuation from what we saw on the first day of competition. I love the way our women rose to the occasion and fought to secure spots in their finals. And then for Brian, uh, speaking of Brian Matthews, who's competing in the decathlon, he finished 11th and got a personal record after being the last decathlete to qualify. It was a great way to end the day. Let's run down the women's athletes who made the finals. All-American Whitney Orton started things off, finishing 5th in her heat in the 1500 meters, secured an automatic bid to the finals on Saturday. It's the third straight outdoor season she has appeared in the NCAA championship round for the 1500 meters. All-American Erica Burke Jarvis clinched her spot in the 3000 meter steeplechase final. She was third in her heat to get her spot into Saturday's race. All-American Anna Camp Bennett advanced to the women's 800 meter final with a career best two minutes, 3.65 seconds. Uh, She claimed the second of two time-based qualifying spots, but a disappointing finish here for Lauren Ellsworth Barnes, one of the favorites actually in the 800 meters. She crossed the finish line in 204.5. 5-2, finishing fourth in her heat. She did not qualify for the final. She'll finish 11th overall in the 800 meters of the NCAA championships. I believe that gives her an All-American status, but it's unfortunate not to see her in the final. And then one final athlete, Brenna Porter in the 400 meter hurdles. She had the fifth fastest time overall. She'll make her first appearance in the event's final at the NCAA championships. So congratulations to Brenna Porter on advancing. She'll place no lower than eighth as she completes her BYU career on Saturday. Uh, four BYU athletes will be competing on Saturday for the women's team bunch of men's athletes still continuing to play today. Uh, that continues on through tomorrow, uh, June 7th for the women's team. The men's team fin- heads into the final day today with a third in third place with 21 overall points. Hopefully they can have a great finish and stay in that top five. I said that they would contend for a national championship and they're right there in the mix. We'll see how everything plays out. We'll recap it for you on a Monday edition of the show as we get back to full uh, go once again after the weekend and catch up on everything that happens at B. BYU sports, but what best of luck to men's and women's track and field teams there in Austin, Texas. Um, one final note for you before we go. I failed to mention this when we were talking baseball earlier. I do need to give a congratulations to BYU relief pitcher Reed McLaughlin. She was named a freshman All-American by Collegiate Baseball on Wednesday. He registered a 7-1 record this year with four saves and 25 outings for the Cougars this season as a freshman out of Desert Mountain High School in Arizona from Scottsdale, Arizona. The native is the first BYU first player in BYU history to have at least seven wins 
and four saves in a single season. So congratulations to Reed McLaughlin on that All-American citation. It's not easy to come by, especially in collegiate baseball. Like I said, pitching is at a premium in this sport. All right. Thanks again for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. Uh, Counting you down also throughout the weekend with these short editions. We'll count down the player profiles for you. We're not going to leave you guys empty-handed. We're going every day. I know they may be shorter, five to seven minutes with these shorter versions, but hopefully you guys enjoy them, highlighting player profiles and some snippets of the BYU news as it comes. We'll have those all weekend for you and then full editions of the podcast next week as well as we continue to count down towards the BYU football season. You guys realize that BYU Media Day is just over a week away? I think it's a week from next Tuesday. That's crazy. It's an exciting time all the same, though. So thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast, brought to you today, today by our good friends at the Himalaya podcast app, Hotels.com, and Twillery.com. Use that, go to Twillery.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $25 off. Check out all three of those great sponsors. Love to have you guys sponsored on the show as well. If you are interested in that, please email me, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Follow the show on social media. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked On Cougars. Follow myself at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Love to hear from you guys. Get your thoughts on the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great weekend. This has been Locked On Cougars for June 7th, 2019.